from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. Our regular diehards are here. We appreciate you coming out on a less than ideal Monday afternoon, kind of damp and uh, Foggy for a while, a little bit cool, but we appreciate it. The phone line is open, 356-9397 is the number. Hello. And uh, Ed, Ed, Bond, Ed, pushed, Ed pushed the button, and it worked. Ed Bond is our engineer. Matt Daniels with us, of course. Scott Ritchie. Bob Osmussen coming off another Illinois football victory. How about that? A little winning streak going on, looking for win number three in a row. That hasn't happened in Big Ten play in the same season since uh, 2007. So that would be nice if Illinois could get that done. Where were you? D- you did not make the trip. I was 21 years, oh, in 2007? No, no. Oh, Saturday? S- Saturday afternoon. I was uh, manning down the Ford at, at 15 Main Street while Bob and Scott were getting pelted by raindrops in West Lafayette. They were in the press box. They weren't getting pelted by anything. They had to go down I, to I the field down at the end. on the field got for about you know, the last 90 seconds. I, t- I timed it perfectly. Scott took, a, Scott took a photo that ran on Sunday's uh, front of the sports section with Stanley Green and Rayvon Bonner carrying the cannon back yeah, to Champaign. You know, Dre Brown mentioned this as well, but it's kind of a small cannon. That's what I was going to say. You know, if you're going to play for a cannon, like, get a, a big old cannon. cannon. A real cannon. Yeah, I mean, it's probably dangerous to uh, maybe give 20-somethings a cannon that works, but I'm all for that too. Well, that, yeah, that was like a tabletop model. You you need one that's uh, you know, like, like a, a table monopoly. table size model or something. We got Bob's mic on. Do we, Ed? Say that again, Bob. Hi, Steve. How's it going? Hey, yeah. I, thanks that's for good. turning that on. Always helpful. So what you, you, were, say? you were saying, Bob? Oh, I was saying that they kind of look like something in a Monopoly game or something. It's so small, but it's okay. They should have a real one. That'd be better. Be hard to carry now. Well, they only they only have two trophy games this year, right? Right, because Ohio State, Illinois, Purdue with the cannon, then the Illinois Northwestern on uh, November thirtieth. The, the the hat, the hat, the land of Lincoln hat. The hat. Uh, the Illy Buck is not in play this year, or it shouldn't be. Probably won't be in play for a while, I'd say, with that team. But yeah, Illy, Illy, Illy Buck is cool because it's a t- wooden turtle. I think it was when there's a live turtle, it was even cooler. But the wooden turtle is pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. Ohio State's not back on the Illinois schedule for a while, so that, that one will sit that way for a bit. I think Illinois, Illinois should just avoid them for probably for the next 10 years. That thing looks pretty good. I don't think that's going to fall at all. They're going to be a playoff team this year. There's nobody beating them this year. If Maybe any, it was a playoff. If but anybody is going to avoid them, it might be the rest of the Big Ten wanting, right. wanting to avoid them. They, right. they look pretty good to me. Yeah, I think Minnesota is going to win the West, and they're going to get squished in the Big Ten total game. In uh, Indy, so yeah. Who we'll would have picked? Uh, who would have picked Minnesota at eight and zero? Oh? Not Bob. 
No, not But you know what? Me. When we were up there, what was that, four weeks ago, they were already talking about being They thought it was going to know at this time. Right. They, they had Illinois. They had Nebraska the next week. Right. Beat them pretty badly and then obviously beat Maryland. Now they've got uh, the bye week and then they've got Penn State. Right. So they're going to be tested, certainly, but they're 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 better, way better than I thought they would, thought they would be. I'm starting to come around uh, PGA Fleck. Never thought I'd say that, but I think right now he's he's the Big Ten Coach of the Year at this moment. Now, if they lose two or three games, he's not going to be Coach of the Year. But right now, right now, be him in a close call over Ryan Day in my mind. Kind of hard to go against Ryan Day if they're yeah, but he's got he's got, champs. he's got the advantage of. The, being the fact that he's at Ohio State, which is supposed to win like they are. Minnesota is like a hockey school, so they shouldn't be winning like they are. This is me. If you have any questions about Minnesota being a hockey school or about Illinois football or basketball, raise your hand, we'll get around to you, or give us a call. Phone line is open, 356-9397. As uh, the Illini get back to practice tomorrow, they're in uh, meetings today, we're told. Super meetings. secret meetings during uh, this 5 o'clock hour. Hey, they, it must be working. Whatever they're doing now, all of a sudden, is working because nobody thought they'd be Wisconsin, obviously, and then they come back and beat Purdue, which everybody thought was going to play better than they did, but Illinois dominated them. So Le- Le- Levy Smith, I think, uh, almost officially has turned the corner. So I think they've turned the corner. I can't believe it. I was going never thought I would say that in 2019, but they, they've turned the corner. Scott, it's would time. you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of discussing this with some of uh, our media colleagues earlier this afternoon um, after Lovey Smith's press conference. But after Illinois lost at home to Eastern Michigan, then kind of coughed up the Nebraska game, got blown out at Minnesota, to talk about a bowl game as being a, a real thing uh, for this team, it's kind of strange because I don't know that anyone would have said, you know, three weeks ago that. Illinois would be in this position where they can get win number five uh, this Saturday against Rutgers and then have three shots at number six the rest of the season. Um, but I have to think that maybe the third quarter against Michigan, uh, Illinois finally showed they could compete, didn't finish that game, then actually finished the game and beat Wisconsin. That, and that the players, you know, talked about how, you know, there was confidence inside the locker room, but none of them had ever really been in a position where – they had finished games and won games maybe they weren't supposed to. Now they have. As I mentioned, the phone line is open, 356-9397. We're going to talk some Illinois basketball as we move along as well. The season gets started this week with an exhibition game Friday night against Lewis University. And then uh, next uh, Tuesday is the season opener. Let's go to the phones and say hello to our friend Neil in Bloomington. What do you say, Neil? How you doing, Steve? I want to talk to Scott Ridgey. Scott, uh, the Illini football team has really turned the corner, it seems like. I mean, what is the difference? Is it just their defense playing so much better, or are they just coming together as a team? I'll listen to what you have to say. Thanks for taking my call, and you guys have a great show. All right. We appreciate your call, as always. Thanks. Well, first time, Stondo wasn't about basketball. But, uh, I mean, I think you know, the defense is just they're not doing anything different schematically. I mean, Lovey Smith's moved a couple players. Uh, Tony Adams, cornerback, uh, Jamal Woods, before he got hurt uh, this past Saturday. It's a defensive end, and they're just making plays now. I mean, they're not missing as many tackles. Uh, defensive backs aren't taking as many, you know, bad angles uh, to close out, you know, 
to make those tackles. So they're just, I think, executing and playing better. I mean, there's nothing nothing new about what Levy Smith is doing defensively. It's his the same defense he's run forever. But uh, the players are just maybe figuring it out. And I think you know, winning matters. Like to have maybe some good feelings finally. Yeah, it just has, you know. I think built some momentum, and you know, Levy Smith talked today about needing to ride that momentum uh, into Saturday's game against Rutgers. Guys improve. I, I think that we always know that, but you never know what's going to happen for sure until you see it on the field, and clearly that's what's going on now. The defense is playing, especially the line and linebackers are playing great. Uh, not, not great. Great might be too strong, but very well. And uh, Matt Mellon, the halftime of the of the Wisconsin games told me that they're playing better. They're holding their own, which he didn't expect. I didn't expect, and probably everybody but the Illinois coaches and players didn't expect. So that's what's going on. They're just playing a whole lot better. And they're, you know, Lovey talks all the time about takeaways, and they're they're creating their own takeaways, leading the country in uh, fumble recoveries and right. second in the country in forced fumbles. So that uh, certainly helps, and as, uh, as you said, it's the same defense. But the guys that played a lot as true freshmen, you know, they're now juniors, and some of them are sophomores yet, but uh, those guys are now experienced guys. Kind of a scary thing to think about is if you put Bobby Rontre on this team, how much better would they be? Think about it, if you put Luke Ford on this team, how much better would they be? If you took put Marquez Beeson on this team, how better they, would they be? Now, everybody's got injuries. Purdue has a ton of injuries. Everybody's got injuries. But for Illinois, their margin of error is so small that with those extra guys, they, they would be a much better team. But it's still they're 4-4 four and four with a chance to be 6-6 six and six or 7-5 or 8-4. and four. can't believe that I just said that either. So <laughs> there you go. We're off and rolling on uh, Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. Feel free to stop in if you're on your way home, maybe in the downtown area. We're here until 6. Prep Confidential coming up at 6. Lovey Smith Show at 7, so a busy few hours here. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of football talk, and we'll digest more on, on the Illini's two-game win streak later on and then uh, hear some high school football talk from 6 to 7 with Colin Likas, and then you can hear from Lovey Smith himself while Ed uh, scarfs down some Papa Dell's pizza, I'm sure. And he the nods his head yes in approval. <laughs> The uh, Illinois basketball team allegedly scored more points yesterday in a secret scrimmage than did South Carolina. Nobody has really confirmed that. It's a secret scrimmage for a reason, Steve. I understand, but everybody's doing them, and everybody knows the secret scrimmage schedule nationwide, but we don't know much about what happened in those. But whatever. We'll talk Illinois basketball with that uh, coming up as well. We'll keep the phone line open. Any questions here at the Esquire? Let us know. We'll take our first time out on Monday Night Sports Talk of the Esquire on DWS. Back after this. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're here until just about uh, the 6 o'clock hour on Monday Night Sports Talk. Downtown Champaign at the Esquire. Matt Daniels is here, Scott Ritchie is here, Bob Osmussen is here. Here's truly Steve Kelly. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Have you ever seen a goofier Big Ten schedule than this weekend's? I don't know if you've noticed or not. There's only four games. Mm -hmm. So six teams have the open week. 
Or as Bob likes to call it, the bye week. I do not like to call it, but thank you for using open week. Bob, when did that start? When did what it start? That, that weird tick you have. Of my not, disdain for that? Yes. I have a lot of things that I really fester in my head, and I never let them go. Ask anybody. I, I but what, what's the origin story of why you... Don't, don't why like, you don't like the term bi week? I like I like words that that are, that are correct. Okay. Bi is wrong, so that's what that's where it comes from. There are a lot of things like that. Illinois has a second open oh, week. Oh boy, thank you. Second bi week coming uh, in a couple of weeks. See now you're just taunting me. Yeah, I am. That's right. Illinois plays back to back games. By the way, at two thirty today's uh, announcement uh, locked in that two thirty time in East Lansing coming up in a couple of weeks. Nothing like a two thirty start on the road. In the east, so actually 3.30 there, their right. time, so not good. Scott will be in Arizona. He didn't care. Yeah, you'll be on the golf course in Tucson that day, I'm sure. I, I mean, there is no Illinois basketball, and I'm flying southwest, so bags fly free. It's, I don't know, it's not <laughs> off the table. I know Might some well. people out there in the golf industry, so you might want to be nice to me here. I'm always nice to you, Steve. If you're interested in playing golf on that basketball trip, let's, let's talk basketball a moment. Uh, we mentioned the super secret um, scrimmage. That's about all we could say on that, I guess. But uh, <laughs> the teams did, uh, South Carolina and Illinois did practice together, and obviously they played some sort of competition, whether it was a full game or not. We don't Horse. Know. They played horse. <laughs> <laughs> and Illinois will take the floor Friday night at the State Farm Center, 8 o'clock with an exhibition game against Lewis University. You, have you done any investigation on Lewis? I actually have. Um, the Flyers won 25 games last year, so and they've been a pretty steady you know, Division II team, but they lost their top two scorers, uh, including their point guard who did essentially everything you know, on that team. So I mean, even if he would have come back, I think Illinois would have been the clear favorites, but... Uh, that's definitely the case uh, come Friday. Uh, Illinois, of course, will not be at full strength. Um, Tevian Jones uh, was suspended indefinitely uh, for violation of team academic policies. Um, I came out Saturday in the, the happy aftermath of the Illinois football win. I think they were trying to just sneak it past everybody, but uh, pretty sure like it didn't work because uh, it was pretty you know, big news, but it's the second year in a row where Jones has been suspended, and I mean, I touted him quite a bit, you know, this off season, just as having the highest ceiling, you know, one of the highest ceilings of any players on, on this team. But if he's not going to be on the court, you can't really uh, come through on that. So we'll see what happens with his situation. But even without him, I think Illinois will be fine against Lewis on Friday night. How do you think he was doing thus far on the court? He played. Fairly well in Italy, uh, but just in the couple practices that I have been able to go to, I don't know that he ever totally stood out. I mean, he p was fine, but I think Alan Griffin was showing more uh, in practice and certainly showed more in Italy. Um, and then, you know, DeMonte Williams started 18 games last year for a reason, so, I mean, he's definitely going to be in that, that rotation as another guard. So, again, I think... We all saw what Tevian Jones could do last year. I mean, the, the Maryland game in New York City was like his breakout moment. Played well in the Big Ten tournament uh, in that loss to Iowa in the last game. So it's there, but he just hasn't really maybe put it all together off the court to make sure that he could be an impact player on the court. So who starts on, on Friday night in his place? I know you've 
in your projected starting fives. I think we've had you do since April. You've had Tevian Jones in there. Yeah. Um, well, I guess not him, but uh, I mean, I think the locks are. I would assume Uchen Frazier for sure, Georgie Bishanjvili, Kofi Coburn, and then the fifth starter. Just knowing what I know of Brett Underwood, it's probably going to be Demonte Williams. I mean, he's not going to wow you with stats, but he just fills the gaps. He does everything right. And, again, I mean, he started 18 of 33 games last year for a reason. So I would imagine it's either him or Alan Griffin would be kind of the, the other option for that, that third starting guard spot. Is the news of Tevin Jones's indefinite suspension uh, helped out a bit by the progression of Alan Griffin and, and the strides that he's made this offseason? I mean, I think it tempers it a little bit, but with – Jacob Grandison and Austin Hutcherson not eligible to play this year after transferring in. Illinois is kind of thin, really, uh, at that wing, you know, guard slash forward position. Um, so would need Tevian Jones, in my estimation. Uh, not having him kind of limits Brad Underwood's options for that spot. And, yeah, I mean, Alan Griffin looked great this summer. He's looked really good in practice you know, this fall. But uh, he was inconsistent as a freshman, as f- some freshmen are. And, I mean, if he's really got a handle on holding on to the ball and shooting a little better, then I think he could be, you know, a weapon for this team. But those are the two things that he's got to do to stay on the court and rebound like he has and make hustle plays like he has. So we'll we'll see. Speaking of freshmen, Benjamin Bosman's Verdonk. How much time do you think he'll see? Probably not very much. Uh, I mean, he just got back on the court for practice last Tuesday, um, after his leg injury this summer, I think they're not going to push him in an exhibition game. Probably if he's ready to go, I mean, it's good to get him some minutes. He hasn't played any games with this team since he couldn't play in Italy. Uh, just to see what he looks like on the court you know, against somebody else. But uh, probably limited minutes. Uh, exhibition game does not matter. Uh, so it would be a, a bad game for something you know, to go wrong you know, as he tries you know, to get back here from that injury. Who's got a question in the audience? Raise your hand. We'll get around to you. Don't make us do all the talking. Bob, you have somebody you'd like to throw a shout out to? Yes, actually. I ran into a Josh Whitman's dad, Mark, at the Purdue game at halftime. We talked about 20 minutes. He actually listens to our show every week on a podcast. So not live because we're a little out of the range. Not quite. But he listens on the podcast later. And he's pretty, you know, pretty excited about listening to our show, which we appreciate and obviously very happy. He he was not sure along the way he was, was going to win against Purdue at halftime. He was still kind of not wanting to jinx it, so he didn't talk about a win, but he, I think he was pretty happy about where they were. So well, They just live a couple of miles from the stadium, yep. and I'm, I'm sure that was uh, – I know it's big for Josh. Yes. Just, I'm, I'm sure it is for his family as well. Oh, yeah, just outside town. I think that he went to Harrison High School, and uh, it's not right there, but it's pretty close. Yeah, I think his dad is pretty fired up. He tries to come to Champaign for games as often as possible. Of course, he's got grandkids now, so that makes it kind of fun to come over. Yeah, I mean, it was a a huge win uh, on on Saturday, not only for Josh Whitman and his family, but just the Illinois football family as a whole. Right. uh, You know, one thing we haven't talked about is the weather on Saturday. It was less than ideal with a steady, steady, consistent. Bob can find the happy silver lining in, in everything. Um, but that, that obviously played a factor in, in Saturday's game because if it's a you know 50-degree day, the sun's out, Purdue's offense probably looks right. a lot different. And, and kudos to, 
to Illinois' offense for, for adapting to the elements. I mean, Rod Smith, the offensive coordinator, likes to run the ball, but Brandon Peters has shown the capability to throw the ball, and then he really just muffled Brandon Peters on Saturday and basically gave the ball to Dre Brown and Reggie Corbin. Brown had a fantastic game, career-high 131 rushing yards. They rushed for a season-high 242, and yes, the Illinois defense played well, but kudos, too, to the Illinois offense for, for making the in-game adjustments necessary to to really have their offense thrive in uh, weather conditions that were pretty pretty poor to play in. Yeah, Brian Peters told me today it was really cool for him. He said it was, you know, there were times where you could feel your legs, couldn't feel your hands. It was like that. And he doesn't wear gloves, I don't think. So he you know, tries to adapt the elements, but he didn't like throwing in that stuff. But he, he made it work. And like I said, they, they did what they had to do to win. I don't think they cared about setup points at this point. I think they just want wins. So they, they can win 7-6. to six, They'll be happily. They'll ha- happily do that. Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire rolls on. Yeah, um, we have a special uh, day here. Todd Lindsay's birthday in the back of the room. Uh, it, it was not so special that he wanted to ask a question, but we'll, <laughs> we'll let him off the hook on that. But if he were to ask one, it might be something like, Bob, has there been anything in the Big Ten football season so far that's really surprised you? Maybe Minnesota. Well, of course, Minnesota. Uh, Illinois beating Wisconsin. That was fairly surprising. I think uh, I think everybody thought Nebraska was going to be really good. Thought they'd win the Big Ten West. They're not going to win the Big Ten West this year, maybe never. And they're uh, they're four and four. They're going to have struggle to make a bowl game. They lost at home to Indiana, which like that's really not good there. Trust me about this. And they, I didn't pick them preseason. I thought Iowa would win the West. Never would p- picked a uh, Fleck. But Iowa, I thought, would win. Iowa now can still win, but needs a lot of help. So I think Minnesota certainly big surprise. Nebraska in a negative way. Michigan State also, a team that people thought would be better. They're 4-4-2. And Indiana, we should mention them, 6-2 and two in a bowl game. And I think they're they're going the right way. It's not a basketball school anymore. Well, well it still it, is, And what's, what's intriguing on, on the Illinois front going into November is the calendar – flips in November later this week is they have four games left in the regular season. As we sit here today, probably something we wouldn't have said two weeks ago, but right now you could see a path for Illinois to get to six and six or seven and five or eight and four. I don't think he's even out of the question right now. No, it's not. They host Rutgers this Saturday. Rutgers is awful. Right. Illinois should win. That's a win. That should be a win. Timeout. Okay, go ahead. Last time Rutgers came to town. Illinois was awful. And everybody had, well, I know, but everybody <laughs> had that game circled. Yeah, Illinois, oh, yeah. Illinois is better. And They're Rutgers better kicked their now. butts. No, yeah. exactly. And, and this is a, and it's weird to say this, but this is almost like a trap game for Illinois this Saturday. Yeah, because, weird to say. because they're going into this game, unlike the Wisconsin game where, yes, they were 31-point underdogs. No one believed they would win outside the locker room. Even going into Purdue last Saturday, they were, what, eight and a half nine, point, yeah. eight and a half, nine-point underdogs. They're, what, a 21-point favorite so going into the Saturday? 52-point switch from the last time they owed at home. Yeah. 52, that's amazing. I don't think that's ever happened in Illinois. I mean, Rutgers is really, really bad. They're brutal. Hey, they played their best game of the Against year. Against Liberty. Yeah, a five-win Liberty no, team. No offense, Brian Barnard. <laughs> who was the favorite count. at Rutgers. <laughs> that count. And that there were, I mean. There were, like, 10 people at the Rutgers that's game. That's an FCA Maybe 15. Game. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, I, I really looked it up as like twenty three thousand. I think announced so. attendance. Right, there were actually yeah, they, they didn't they, count the 
the 22,000 that didn't show they up. They counted birds flying by. Yeah. Hey, they counted everybody. Uh, but, I mean, Rutgers quarterback ran the ball a lot. It was Big Ten freshman of the week. Yeah, so don't I mean, know his name, but he's a Big Ten freshman <laughs> of the week. I mean, I, I don't I only know their coach's first name. It's Nunzio. Nunzio. It's per, like perfect director's coach, but uh, seems like he should be at the Jersey Shore. It's uh, I mean, Illinois should win. They're gonna win, and, but I'll guarantee you, Illinois. Don't win do right that, now. Bob. Don't do that at all. <laughs> I guarantee Illinois win right now. Right. They just can't lose. This team is so bad. Rutgers is so bad. They can't lose it now. But the bigger question is, who's the sixth win? And like you said, is the seventh, eighth. Northwestern, they get, they should beat also. Should Northwestern always seems to also give them brutal. They're really bad this they're year. Really too. Bad. I mean, their season's so bad that they might just start game planning for Illinois now and just <laughs> right, just not even just punt playing. on the rest just of the season just to beat Illinois. Well, in the in the two road games we haven't mentioned are Michigan State, right. who has Again, struggled. Beatable. They're beatable. Iowa, yes, they have a very good defense, but. Right. Those offenses of Michigan State and Iowa don't exactly play to Illinois' strength. Well, honestly, and, and like too, we don't know what the weather's going to be like come those games. I assume freezing cold, freezing so. cold snow. So, basically, what we're we've just talked ourselves into eight is that four. Illinois is going to go eight and four. Eight and four, and then they're praying for the right bowl team. They go nine and four. Yep. They go, then they go so into the next year ranked. Zone we're living in. <laughs> they go next year ranked nationally. All right, Steve, can you rescue us? Now? I can, okay. or at least I'll try. That's I've been it. doing some investigative reporting okay. here in the audience at the Esquire, and I found at least one person that went to West Lafayette okay. for the ball game. So you sat out in the rain? Uh, it was sat in the rain for the whole time that we were there. We Actually, we left with uh, about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, and I've been embarrassed sometimes by the crowds that have been at Memorial Stadium, but if you could have seen what was left at Purdue, it was pathetic. There was virtually nobody in their end zone, and also most of the Illini fans that were there moved down into an old Purdue section and had a big cluster down there that was just orange right in front of our cheerleaders, and it was great. We were having a good time. Had you been to that stadium before? Several times, and I looks like an erector set. <laughs> Not like Memorial Stadium. They have a cool terrain. So they got a big, big drone. Big drum and yeah. cool terrain, so it's got some charm. But yeah, right. It's it's, not, it's your gr- best thing about the trip, as you pointed out, it's got in the way. It's so short. It's great, an yes. hour and a half, and it's a lot of fun to go there. Did you stop at the beef house on the way home? We didn't, because we had Scott had some prior engagements. I had so plans. We, <laughs> had plans. <laughs> so there, there was no stopping. You have yeah. a you have a life outside work, Scott. For one night, I did. All right. So we can talk about that in the next. Oh segment. no, no, we'll, we'll <laughs> wait on that and. Uh, we probably for the best. If, if the show really slows down, then <laughs> we get to that. We'll let you know. But we need to take a break right now. Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire, downtown Champaign. We're back with more after this. Stay with us. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the latest news and insights on the Illini, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. And welcome back to the show. We're here for another 15 minutes or so at the Esquire, downtown Champaign. Phone lines are open, 356-9397. Let's go back to the phones. Carl is with us. What do you say, Carl? Yeah, I, I was just wondering, where I go, who do I ask for a consulting fee? Because a lot of the stuff you guys have been talking about, I said to Bob yesterday. That's right. That's right. We, t- we talk, and then I pass along to my friends. That's what we do. Yeah, because I talked about not having Bobby Roundtree around, but I mentioned Luke Ford instead of Marquis Beeson. But anyway, 
I'll thought, buy you lunch next week, next, next Monday, Carl. I'll, I'll buy you lunch. Okay, I just um, uh, let's. Uh, um, I was wondering, what do you think uh, the Rutgers coaches are? How how do you think they're dealing with this end of the season thing? Uh, do you think they're playing out the string? Well, the fact that he came back and beat Liberty, even though Liberty is not very good, is is a nice sign. I I think that give them some credit for coming back and playing hard. They easily they were favored to lose that game, right? They were was Liberty like a slight favorite. I think no one just Five paid attention favorite. to that game. So well, I know, but they came back and played. They were down in that game pretty early, and, we, and uh, give they give Rutgers credit for playing. They. So I give the coaches credit for that. They have not; they're clearly not playing that other string. But offensively, they've been so challenged all year. I saw I saw them play the second week against Iowa. They didn't score a point, barely moved the ball. And they they changed coaches since then. They changed quarterbacks since then. But that usually it doesn't work very well. And it's not working now. I mean, here's the thing: those coaches are coaching for a job somewhere else next right, year. Right, that's true. That's true. So they want to, they want to win. Nunzio to could get himself a, a good gig <laughs> if right. uh, Rutgers finishes strong. You just want to make as many Nunzio references as Absolutely. you can. Absolutely. Right. Got a celebrity okay, in the house. Thanks, Carl. Who, Thanks, Carl. Who, uh, who happens to have a birthday on Sunday. Yeah. Mr. Lauren Tate. He's going to be 22 years old. At 39? It's tough. 39. Yeah, 39 years old. Uh, Bob, who's going to be the no-coach at Rutgers? Well, I would think everybody thought Greg Ciano, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. I, 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 heard, I assumed that would be the first thing they would think about, it, do it right away, but maybe he realizes that's not going to be very easy to turn. When he won there earlier in his career, they were, they were in the Big East at that point, right? They in the Big East? Yeah. So that's a different deal. Big Ten's a lot harder. Rutgers is not a great, not a great situation. Then the Big Ten East is the worst – hardest division in the country, in my opinion. No, no offense, ACC West. So I think I think it's going to be hard for him to just justify going there. If he's got other options, if it's that or nothing, he'll probably go there. You're supposed to give the mic back to Steve uh, Lauren at I'm some point. I'm going to give it back, but I want to know, does Rutgers belong in the Big Ten? No. What's your answer, not. Lauren? What's that? What's your answer, Lauren? That was a question. <laughs> no, the answer is no, of course not. No offense to Rutgers, but no. It should not be in the Big Ten. Not even sure Penn State should be in the Big Ten, but it, it's worked out okay. But, yeah, I think Rutgers – Maryland made more sense to me than Rutgers did. I think I would have gone a different way. I would have gone west. I would have said, hey, uh, Texas, Oklahoma, why don't you guys come in this package deal? I think that still may happen when the Big Ten tries to go to the next level of teams. So, we'll another, see. Another one of my favorite guys is with Lauren T tonight. Also happens to be his son-in-law and one of my favorite – Golfers, Joe, what's on your mind? Well, I have a question uh, for the uh, panel. Uh, what are the reasons that support or defend why Northwestern is having such a bad season? Could you guys foresee that? No, uh, it, it's very puzzling. I mean, I don't think any of us could have sat up here last year and predicted that Northwestern would represent the West right. in, in the Big Ten title game. And uh, I think what's kind of been a bugaboo for for the Wildcats is their their offense has just been putrid this year and. Pat Fitzgerald hasn't really adapted. He's got the same offensive coordinator he's had his entire time in Evanston. And, and Hunter Johnson, their quarterback, uh, at the start of the year, the, the prized five-star recruit at Clemson right. transfer, hasn't lived up to the hype at all. And uh, their, their offense has been downright 
brutal to, to watch, and, and that's been a key reason, I'd say, for, for the struggles they have going this year and the fact that they have to win out uh, if they want to get to a bowl game now. They're not going to win out. Sorry. I don't think that's going to happen. Are you guaranteeing that, too? Yeah, I'll guarantee <laughs> that, too. They're not going to win out. There's no way they're going to win out. But they, uh, again, we were surprised by them. They've got win, one win. Pat Fitzgerald always, just by happenstance, wins seven or eight games. So that's really weird. Maybe he knew this was coming, but he's still there. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be there for the next 20 years or whatever else, however, however long he wants to coach. So I think occasionally with Northwestern, you're going to have a dance, down cycle when you lose a lot of really good players. Think about his defense last year. He lost a lot of good players, a lot of offensive players, plus quarterback. So I, I guess I'm not totally surprised. I thought they'd win six or seven games again, though. So, yeah, I guess one's not very good. Well, you're guaranteeing things. I am. You're yes. going to guarantee a NCAA basketball appearance for the Fighting Illini basketball team? Oh, yeah, I said that a long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. Not to bother me. I'm not trying to jinx them or anything. I just think that's realistic. I think they should be pointing that way. I think they've got enough good players that they should go to tournament again. It's been how long? Five years? Six years. Six, six years? Wow. That's really bad. So, yeah, I think they'll be back. Scott, you're a, an AP voter on the basketball poll, and Illinois got some votes in the preseason poll. What's it going to take in your mind? Not from Scott Ritchie. He did not vote for them. I, know, I understand. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, my I question is, what's it going to take in his mind to get him to vote for them, to move them into the top 25? That trip to Arizona, I'm guessing, is where you're going to go with that. Yeah, that's kind of pivotal. Um, Here's I mean, your shameless plug time for your podcast. Yeah, I, I did mention this on the latest episode of Inside Illini Basketball, available wherever you like to get your podcast. But uh, if they go 3-0 and the first week, beat Arizona, who's number 21, in the poll, I will vote for them. I mean, you beat a top 25 in the first week, I think you can take their spot. So, of course, that means not losing to Nichols State on the opener, which shouldn't happen. That Can't would be, overlook the Colonels. That would be, uh, I think, a disaster of the first order, but... Um, Really, the game at Grand Canyon might be you know, just as tricky as playing at Arizona. It's already sold out. Um, it's going to be a purple out for that game, apparently. Um, it's only on regional TV uh, in Arizona, so I'm not sure how everyone back here is going to watch. But um, They're going to follow your coverage at yeah. newsgazette.com. I'll be there. But just yeah, film the whole thing. That f uh, that's probably against some, against some rules. But, um, yeah, if they go 3-0 and in the first week, uh, they'll be on my – Ballot. I don't know where exactly, but I mean, most of their non-conference schedule is not going to be enough really to get them votes. But I mean, they do have the games against Arizona, Miami, uh, Missouri. Like, win enough of those, and I can turn the tide before you know, Big Ten play starts. Back to football. A couple of topics. Any Bears fans in here? Any Scott, you can raise your hand. I'm Any people that still claim them. to be Bears fans? <laughs> <laughs> there's a few hands going up there, but uh, you're a big Bears fan, but uh, they're struggling certainly offensively now. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to be right, but I've said from the very moment they drafted Mitch Trubisky that that was the wrong move, uh, and uh, I'm right because he's not very good, and it's 100% clear that Matt Nagy has zero confidence in Mitch Trubisky. Uh, running his offense, although he said he's going to stick with them, so like maybe 5% confidence. He's uh, got a lot of confidence in his kicker. Yeah, Ooh. decided to just call it good at the 41 and <laughs> you know, let Eddie Pinheiro miss. Uh, so that was great, but uh, 
Banegi is it was supposed to be this big offensive guru coming from uh, the Chiefs, where you know he had I don't know maybe more talent to work with certainly on the offensive end. But uh, it's I think pretty telling that when they went I formation and just ran David Montgomery uh, behind that offensive line that they were gaining like ten yards per play, and then they went away from it because he's I don't know doesn't want to win games, but uh, <laughs> it's. They're in the championship window with that defense, but they don't have a championship quarterback. So, I mean, they're just kind of treading water at this point. And there was a former Illini who played a big role in that game yesterday on the Chargers sidelines. Right. Chase McLaughlin right. kicked what was turned out to be the game-winning point, point after. Yeah. So, uh, he missed one, too, though. We missed a field out. goal. Yeah, but, but he's made a field goal and, and both made both his extra points. Oh, I mean, the Bears are going to – the Lions are still in the NFC North, so they might not finish last, but uh, – when will teams we'll learn to not eat clock and not try to score a touchdown? I've seen that so many times lately. Teams, you know, wasting time, not trying to score. It's like, come on, try to get a touchdown. Because the problem is you score a touchdown, you win the game. You try to get a field goal, you may or may not win the game. So I think, and again, I'll point out, and I think Lauren did this morning, that's what Levy did against, uh, against Wisconsin. It worked out. But I would have said that at that point, do the same thing. Try to score. So. I like trying to score touchdowns. I think that's the whole point of football. High school football playoffs begin uh, this weekend. 17 games involving area teams. Yeah, we've got uh, 19 teams in our, our coverage area that are, are playoff eligible. One team in particular may not have a playoff game this Saturday in uh, Paxson Buckley Loda. Uh, the Panthers are in Class 3A and they host Chicago Carver uh, this Saturday at 2 p.m. But Carver, along with all the other Chicago public schools, are on a strike now that's stretching into its second week. So if uh, Carver, does, if the strike doesn't end by Tuesday night, all the CPS schools in the playoffs are going to have to forfeit uh, their first-round playoff games. And we saw that over the weekend, too, already with other high school sports across country. Tonight, volleyball starting across the state, and all the CPS schools are having to forfeit their matches because of the ongoing teacher strike. So... Uh, if, uh, if the strike doesn't end by Tuesday night because the IHSA has a rule where you have to have three days' worth of practice before you play a game, that means if they don't practice by Wednesday, then Carver's out of the playoffs, and PBL gets a, uh, <coughs> a home playoff win via forfeit. That's and, a and buy, the second almost. Round. almost no, buy. that's not a that's buy. A buy. For, for, for. I <laughs> talked to uh, Jamal Milan about this today because mm. he went to Al Raby, went yeah. the, went, and he was very disappointed that they got into this. He says they're really hurting the kids because you're talking about Schools, you know, scholarship offers and chances for this these guys to go on. They can't play. They can be seen. They can be recruited. So it's really a, for him, really beyond the ob obvious missing school is just critical. You you got these guys missing games is bad, really bad. He thinks they should fix it. Somebody needs to take a step, and compromise, and make it work. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got two defending state champs in, in high school football in our coverage area in Monticello in three A and Gibson City Melvin Sibley in two A. Monticello makes a trip to DeCoin uh, this Saturday. Nice little jaunt down south, about three hours or so. And uh, GCMS opens up at home on Saturday afternoon against Rushville Industry. And I uh, don't think I, I'd be shocked if uh, Monticello can come back and win a state title in 3A. Sorry, Lauren. I don't want to offend your alma mater. Uh, they're at 6-3 and three this year, but Coley Welter is a great coach. And uh, GCMS is at 8-1. and one. They've uh, Their last four games they've won by shutout, so their defense is, is rolling right now. So... We'll see what uh, we'll see what happens, and uh, we'll, we'll be covering all of it along the way. Of the 19 area teams, who do you think has the best chance? 
to go the furthest? Yeah, that's a great question. Unity uh, down in Tolona, they're in 4A. Uh, they're 8-1. and one. Uh, They haven't lost since week one. Uh, they've got a shot, but in 4A, the, the bracket gets a little tougher. The, the teams are getting a little tougher, especially because Unity uh, is a smaller school in 4A. Um, in 2A, Bismarck, Henny, Roswell, Alvin's pretty good, but it, Tuscola can never count out the Warriors either in 2A. They host Flora this Saturday afternoon, so... I think a lot of teams are going to advance after the first round this Saturday, and then after that, it's kind of a crapshoot. And that all gets going. Are there any Friday games? There's two Friday night games, one in uh, Oakwood. Uh, Oakwood hosts Nokomis this Friday night, and uh, Prairie Central uh, Prairie Central plays Friday night down in Olney. So there you go. And We're we out are, of time. The music's running. We are <laughs> out of time. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Coming tonight, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks. We'll see you next week. Have a good night.